You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young, and we are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with James Orman from the Orman Group. Now, you could get anyone from a neighborhood teenager to a big giant national franchise to mow your lawn. But what if you want a lawn design? What if you want more than that? Then you need a landscape professional. Now, this can mean a lot of different things, but our guest on the Brown Butters podcast today is a certified landscape professional or a CLP. And he's going to tell us all the things that make that his organization really unique, but what you need to be doing right now uh, to really make your yard not just another room of the house, or maybe you want to make it another room of the house. If you look at everybody in, in the neighborhood and you drive by, there's always that one yard. And every neighbor's like, man, that person needs to get their shit together. Well, this organization can help you out. And we're so excited uh, for James Orman from the Orman Group to join us. And you've probably seen his trucks. So if you haven't, then you probably don't live in Charlotte. But if you live in Charlotte, you've probably seen the trucks. So we're super excited to learn about this organization, what you guys are doing now, and how, like you like to say it, is how can we get our weekends back? And we can get our weekends back with the Orman Group. Thank you and welcome James Orman to the Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you so much, Brian Scott, for having me. Uh, Brian, I want to uh, say one thing. You said that you don't want to make it a room of your house. We actually say we want you to make it a room of your house. Make it the best damn room. Make it the best room. There we go. Make it the best room. Uh, You know, oftentimes I like to go to that room and get out of the house. So, yeah. Amen. Thanks for having me. James, thank you, man. I, I know you're a busy man. I appreciate you taking a few minutes with us today. And this is the Brand Builders Podcast, as Brian mentioned. And... Before us ever knowing you, speaking of brand building, and Brian also mentioned this, your trucks are all over South Charlotte. Now, I'm sure they're beyond South Charlotte, but I live in a South Charlotte bubble, and I see them daily. And I think it's picking up because the weather is getting nicer and uh, passed two of your trucks this morning, I believe, on the way in. So anyway, we're very fortunate to know you and uh, you're a true brand builder already and uh, just looking forward to learning more and sharing your story. So tell us, let's let's kick it off. I mean, is this really a busy time of year for you? Well, yes, uh, clearly when the uh, temps rise and the sun is out and the daylight savings uh, time changes, it, people immediately go into spring mode. We're fortunate in Charlotte that it's a mild enough climate that we, we do work all year round, but it seems that uh, the phones ring uh, twice as often and the emails ping twice as often as soon as uh, March gets here. So we're excited. Yeah, spring is in the air, the cherries are blooming, and things are happening. So before we jump into it, do you have allergies? Uh, personally, no, thankfully. God, you lucky man, man. I'm telling you what, like that might keep me from mowing my yard this year, just in general. Uh, so that's just a personal note. Um, but I want to talk about, you know, your your group. Uh, this is their 10th year in Charlotte, 25th in the uh, in the landscaping business. And, and there's more than just cutting your yard. I mean, we mentioned in the intro, um, you can do something from, from mowing your yard all the way up into full landscape and design. Uh, tell us about your group and, and really what makes you different from from the next guy who can uh, can cut your yard or, or help you design your uh, your landscape. Well, thank you. Yeah, we are a uh, full service firm, and as we hire and train and talk to our team, we and we publish that we um, are more than a landscape services firm. And though that's what we do daily is is perform those tasks, we're actually in the relationship business, and we. 
we want to do do that with excellence with the different places that we touch, obviously our client base, our team members, our partners, uh, the Dunstan Group is a partner of ours, and our community. So within the context of that, of that understanding of the relationship, we want to serve our clients fully. Most people initially touch us through a need that they have, an immediate need. I need my yard cut. I would like some mulch put down. But what we want to do is meet with people and and um, fully handle what they need. That could be a simple maintenance contract of cutting grass and removing leaves and that sort of thing. But we often, very, very often, are meeting with them. We know them. We know what their plans are. And we are positioned to do a full-scale landscape plan and implementation from lighting to irrigation to trees and sod and such. Um, But we'll service a client from as little as a yard maintenance contract to the whole deal. And we have teams that are trained specifically to do that. Where we operate um, most effectively is in the residential world. We do some commercial work, but typically there's a a relationship tethered to that. In other words, my firm is not set up to go and bid on, you know, uh, highway maintenance contracts for the government. But um, but so we, we do things relationally in the residential space because we like the relationship. Most companies my size have already moved away from residential because they can't, they don't want to deal with the relationship piece. They just want to send crews out and pick up a check. And so that's the place where we've landed and we've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed families. We've enjoyed getting to know people and being a, a landscape partner for South Charlotte. Now let's talk about your, um, let's back up a little bit. You, you started out in banking, uh, and then you pivoted like a lot of people, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, back in the in the downturn. But I'd love to, to learn, how did you get into this? Uh, when did you make the decision to, to open up the uh, the Orman Group? And uh, we'd love to learn about, about that journey and, and really what it was like at the beginning and, and, and really now where you're at, um, you know, 10 years later. Well, it's interesting. Um, as um, fate would have it, I, I was um, raised in a family of entrepreneurs from my grandfather and my father. And so my plan heading to college was simply to go get validated with a piece of paper that said I was smart and come back and run the family business. <laughs> and, my, and, and my father uh, in his wisdom was able and was approached to, um, to sell his, his uh, firm uh, in my junior year of college. So um, I had to start paying attention. And so <laughs> I, but I, I've always had that entrepreneurial um, fire in me. Uh, however, when you're 22 and green, you go work for somebody else most often. So I um, chose a career in banking here in Charlotte. It's a great opportunity to bring me to the city from a small town in East North Carolina. Had great experience learning, um, I would say, the other side of the loan desk, as you will, um, and what it takes to help position companies to grow. And so, but as time rolled on and I realized I was somewhat of a caged lion um, working for corporate America, I spent some time in contemplation and prayer and, and uh, um, talking with other people that were older than me. And uh, long story short, decided to, to start my own business by going into partnership with somebody else to grow that business. Um, landscaping just happened to be an avenue to do that. I, I can't, I can honestly say that I, I was not, necessarily passionate about landscaping more than I was passionate about processes and people and 
and growth and figuring things out. I did enjoy my own yard at the time, and and, it could, and I saw holes in the professionalism of that industry. And I, of course, was starting to, in my mind, figure out, well, if I did that, I would do it differently. And so um, that was my pivot from, I guess, one kind of green banking to another kind of green. But um, it, it allowed me to unleash that entrepreneurial desire that I had deep within me. Um, and through a course of, of things over the years, I uh, ended up um, uh, starting the Ormond Group back in 2010, and we've experienced great growth and uh, enjoyment in that in that um, area. So, um, you know, coming from a corporate background as an entrepreneur, um, it's just been a great move for me. And now being on the other side of the desk, I know how to approach my bank to borrow money, and, and I kind of know what they're looking for. And so... It just has helped me, my banking career, and running a business that just happens to be landscape, and it's been a great fit. If you don't mind um, answering this question, you say no if, if you want to. Uh, did no. you sort of start the business <laughs> from scratch, or did you buy an existing company? Uh, and, and if you started from scratch, what did that look like for you? Because it takes grind, so, it takes a, a lot of work, a lot of hours, yeah. you know, all the things. That, Absolutely. You know. So, I'd love so to the Orman Group, the Orman Group um, is interesting. My grandfather's business, and I'm um, I'm reminded that he started uh, his business uh, in the Great Depression. We did too. imagine. <laughs> I, so, so it's interesting. I started the Orman Group um, in 2010, and for those of you with a short memory, that was uh, on the tail end of the whole the whole real estate mess and banking mess of 0809, and so. In our family, we kind of laughed that, you know, um, two different generations of Ormans created a business in the worst economic times possible. And so, um, but hey, you know, nowhere <laughs> to go but up there and figured it <laughs> nowhere to go but up. But, you know, I just uh, I think there's and I do believe that, you know, none of those things are mistakes. And so but to answer your question, yes, I started it um, and you get out there and, you know, um, you're you're every position in your company and you start hiring people that you know are positioned to help you and um then you add more people and more processes and you know borrow more money and uh you know get more customers and so i mean yes it is i've done every i've always tell my people i will never have you do something i haven't done myself now i may not have done it well but i'll never ask you to do something i haven't done myself and at the same time i tell them you always need to be need to be in a position where you are learning from someone who knows more than you and you are teaching someone who knows less than you. And that's how we grow this company. And so as you bring people in, you know, Hey, let's help them out. You need to learn, you need to teach. And so that's how we've grown it from one employee to now over 25. Well, you talk, I mean, that was, a, can you almost go into that a little bit more? I think that's an amazing leadership um, you know, quote that you just mentioned about learning and then also teaching. And really that's kind of the fine balance. We, we had a, uh, um, a, a lady on Stacy with pink mentor network talking about, um, being a mentor and, and really how people over 
over kind of think the word mentor. It's not necessarily somebody that needs to be classified as that, but it's something that you can learn from. How have you instilled that leadership to really become, you know, somebody not only from you leading from the top, but now even the person that's, you know, 20th, 21st, 22nd in the business is now teaching the 23rd, 24th, and 25th and where everybody has that type of leadership mentality. I'd love for you to dive into that uh, a little bit more specific. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I will say, Brian, it starts, with the hiring and the recruitment process, you know, we are in an industry. I remember years ago, I was talking to somebody and they said, the landscape industry in, industry has the lowest bar of interest of, of entry of almost any industry. Somebody can go buy a lawnmower and a wagon, right. And drag it and start working. It is one of the hardest industries to grow. So, a lot of people out there do the trade. And that's why I go back to when I say, if you look at our missional statements, the Orman Way talks about, though our trade is landscape management, our passion is. So I'm trying to hire people who have a passion, passion for people. So it starts with the hiring process. I can obviously hire people that can you know, crank a mower and run a weed eater. So it starts with the, with the hiring process. So who are the people that were here? I've had people that have joined my organization that had zero experience, but they had that inner fire in them, the inner desire to help people, to care for people. We can train them. Heck, when I went and worked at the bank, I didn't know a lick about banking. They were looking to hire certain people to train the trade. And so I just took that same concept into my own organization to say, where are we going to go? What kind of people need to be on the bus to get it to happen? And Let's just do what we're gifted to do. And we just happen to fold underneath that a landscape service. Does that answer your question? Absolutely. I mean, I think that's something that you can, any, any industry can take, right? It starts at the very beginning Absolutely. and it's not necessarily, I think, I think if you look at where we're at in 2020, a lot of organizations, if you look at the recruitment space and how big that is, has grown, I used to be in it. And it was interesting when you would have someone say, these are the, the, the bullet points that I need filled. And a lot of them were skill sets. A lot of them were a degree, depending on what the position was. But there really weren't many soft skills. There really weren't many, you know, hey, we're looking for a leader. We're looking for somebody that has these kind of intangibles. We'll teach them the technical aspect of it. But we need somebody to be like this in order to be successful. I like, I would like to think that that's starting to shift. And I love your approach that we need to find the right fit. We can teach you the technical side, but if you're not mentally on the same foot, if you're not wanting to be a leader, if you don't want to be taught, but also be able to teach at the same time, then you're not going to be a good fit for the organization. And uh, you mentioned, I actually worked in a landscaping company when I was younger during college, I'd come home and work in the summer. So I know exactly how hard it is. Uh, and it is, but it's very fascinating that you said anybody can join in. I mean, I remember when I had a company when I was like 12, I would just like go mow people's yards, right? Like your competition could be a 12 year old <laughs> all the way up into, you know, a massive multi, you know, 50 state massive company. Um, so I think that that's pretty interesting. And, and I think you differentiate yourself by understanding that it's relationships first and we make sure we hire the right people on the front end. We'll teach them the technical side. So that's really cool. Um, and I think that's something that will continue to not only make people excited to work with you, uh, but we'll continue to help you grow your business. Now, I want to let's jump into some kind of technical things here. I, you know, I love uh, I, w I live on an acre in South Charlotte. I'm blessed. We back up into McAlpine Creek. I love it. Like it's my favorite thing because I'm in the city, but I feel like I'm not. Uh, but it's a lot of work. And so maybe I need to be calling you to help me out here so I can get my weekends back. But tell us, um, what would you like to see 
out of Charlotte, you know, what do you like to see in yards and gardens? What are some of the mistakes you see people make? And if you could really, you know, cut and manage and take care of everybody's yard, what would that look like? Wow, that's a big one. Um, so there's several probably angles to that. You know, what what I what I don't like to see is when people um, are wasting their time and their money and they're doing something incorrectly and they don't know it. So part of that's an education perhaps. And so we have um, gone back and forth over the years of, you know, doing some heavy social media kind of, you know, DIY tips and that sort of stuff just to help people that don't know your classic weekend warrior says, okay, well, I've got a Saturday morning. I guess I have to go to the local, you know, garden center and buy something and throw it on my grass. Um, and, you know, my wife wants me to plant three bushes and I'm just going to dig a hole so they're spending time and money and effort and they're doing it incorrectly. And then the result of that is what you may drive down, you know, your neighborhood street and see things that don't look good. It's not that people aren't trying, they're just not educated. So that's one piece of it. And the other is just, you know, people need to enjoy their space and, um, and get outside. You know, I think, uh, you've heard people talk often that in this day and age and culture, people, you know, drive in and open the garage door and shut the door and go inside and they don't enjoy the outdoors. There's so much to offer out there and you can make it look pretty. It adds curb appeal when you go to sell your house, all these things kind of play into that. And at the same time as a family, they can enjoy the experience of their garden and their yard. What are you seeing? Like, it seems like to me, um, and it's pretty obvious just looking at the records that, that we are in a warmer cycle. I mean, you could argue global warming, you could argue whatever. How is that affecting your business? And just for a dummy like me, how how do you keep your team busy all year round? What kind of services <laughs> are you offering and that kind of thing? Absolutely. So we operate, as I mentioned earlier, mainly in the residential world. Um, we do some commercial work, but the tasks are very similar. Um, Charlotte is a mild place. We um, operate under a contract format. So, for instance, we would meet with you, Scott, and say, you know, we're going to mow your grass, we're going to fertilize your turf, we're going to prune your shrubs, we're going to weed your beds. But there are other things in your yard that need handling, things like mulch, things like flowers or tulips or irrigation repair, um, tree banding. You've seen those uh, black bands around town. There's there's always something to do. Um a lot of people will say, well, I guess in your business, you just take the winners off. And I'm like, well, that'd be nice. <laughs> um, there's plenty to do. So, um, and, and, and luckily because Charlotte is a mild enough place, um, project work goes on all year round. I mean, we, there's not a kind of no zone time of the year, except the dead, dead, dead middle of summer that you and we are not comfortable planting and warranting new plant installation award. So um, there is plenty to do. And again, we do it in the format of that relationship. So because we've got that relationship with the client, when those needs arise, we don't have to say, oh, well, I'm sorry, you know, horticulturally, you can't do it until the spring. We're in a climate where we can. There, we've got friends in this industry that are all over the country and there's places up north that, you know, they're shoveling snow and that's all they get to do. Right. So we're fortunate in Charlotte that we, I think we have one of the most beautiful cities on this, this side of the world. And um, with, with the tree canopy and, you know, the lush gardens and the grass. And so, yeah, there's plenty to do. 
Love it. Are now another ignorant question. Are you only in Charlotte? We operate in Charlotte. We have over the years, you know, dabbled in some other areas. Um, but what we found is kind of getting back to that recruitment thing. If we don't have the right people running um, teams and operations, then it's not the Ormond group. And so um, we have, you know, stuck our toe in the water up in Davidson. We've stuck our toe in the water down at Lake Wiley. And, you know, when you can't, um, you can't inspect uh, what, you know, what you're trying to do, or you you can't inspect what you expect on a regular basis, then you're not serving the client well. And so we've decided to, you know, work where, where we can be all over our customers and know exactly what's going on and manage our crews and resource our crews. You know, you think about if you've got a team up in Davidson and you have a mower go down and they're stranded, right? And so it just, it just creates disruption and the client's not happy. And so we just decided to sort of camp out in Charlotte and, and take care of the clients here for now. So I've been checking on your website and uh, you have an amazing FAQ uh, portion. You also have a blog that gives a lot of DIY tips and it's so interesting that the first thing that you have on there is what is all the fuss about crepe myrtle pruning? And I, (laughs) this is a topic that comes to mind because uh, let's just say my neighbor he just murdered his, um, and it looks terrible. It looks literally like he cut it at almost the base. It's unbelievable, but it's a pretty interesting thing that you have a, an, an organization that would love to come out there and do that for you. Obviously that's what you make your money as a business, but you also want to help people out and you want to put these questions out there. You want to put, you know, a blog out there. What made you decide to, to say, Hey, we want to do some of these these DIY and maybe have you seen people that have looked at these, these blogs or these FAQs and then say, you know what, that's great information. Maybe they start to implement it, but then they start to trust you. They start to believe that you can be a true partner and then they become a customer. Absolutely. You know, having been at this for as long as I have, there's seasonality things um, that come, you know, different, different months of the year, the things that you should be doing. Also, those are, oftentimes part of the year where you're responding and explaining, you know, you have a client who says, why haven't you done or are we supposed to do? And so we begin to build those um, blog entries based on our response and explanation, you know, rather than having to recreate the answer every time we, we did some videos. If you actually click on that one you're referring to, there's a little video that actually explains it verbally and visually of what we mean when you do crepe myrtle pruning correctly, we say, you know, not to crepe myrtle. And we explain what that means and why. So there's one thing to say, don't do it, but to explain why you don't prune that way, hopefully resonates. So. No, I love that. And I know, uh, and that's great information. I'm going to send that over to my neighbor and go murderer, <laughs> murderer. Well, um. it, it's uh, it's uh, very interesting. I, I've had conversations with uh, potential clients. who will say, well, the company that I have right now will not, or they have not pruned my crepe myrtles yet. And I look up and I go, well, actually they have, you know, they have, <laughs> because if you do it correctly, 
you can't tell they've done it. And that's the idea. And and these people that are mentioning it, they're used to seeing these chopped off stalks around town and they think that's the correct way, which of course it's not. And you know what? I'm not going to mention the company, but he has a landscaping company that, that does this for him. And so if that's not, if that's not an indicator uh, that you need to be very, you know, aware of not only who you're using, but make sure you're using somebody that, you know, is a, a certified landscape professional that understands what they're doing, that truly wants to get the best out of your yard. And like you say, you know, create that, that room, that, that room in your house. Um, I want to jump. What do you think about, you know, specifically as we kind of get into warmer climates, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that people do. And you mentioned this where there's some people that just want to go into, you know, their home improvements or their, or their, you know, their pikes or whatever and buy plants. And they just, they just start digging a hole and they put it in there. You know, what are some of those biggest challenges, I guess, that you run into or what are some of the biggest mistakes people make when they want to do that? I mean, I'll be honest with you. I love being in my yard, but I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You know, so like I, 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 I've had this acre for two years and I look at it and I'm like, yeah, maybe I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So tell me what the hell I'm doing. I would say from a planting standpoint, the biggest mistake I see is from a homeowner or even, uh, I hate to say, you know, other people in my industry is the, either the lack of, or the poor execution of bed preparation. And what that means is when you, you 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 have an area where you're going to put plant material. You call that a bed. And so Charlotte has got red clay, as you are well aware, if you looked. And so that is like planting in a clay pot. Yep. Unless that clay pot has a hole in the bottom, water is going nowhere. And so bed preparation, which means chilling and amending, adding good nutrient soil to our clay to build a bed before you plant. And that's why I said earlier, anybody can dig a hole and stick a shrub in the ground. We're trying to create an environment for a plant to thrive. Um, so when we meet with clients who we're presenting the project, we do spend a fair amount of time explaining that process. Whether you come back with one plant or tree or a hundred, our desire is to create the best environment for the landscape to thrive. What we're offering is a landscape, not 20 shrubs dug into the ground. Brilliant. I'll be calling you later. Um, but let's, let's, and there's some other tricks that yeah. I, that I'll, that I'll be glad to share with you. About that's it. what I pay you for the other tricks, right? That, that's it's just a um, surface there, bro. Yeah, no. I, and I love, I mean, I think this is really fascinating that somebody that is in the industry, you're willing to share this information because ultimately you want people to make the best decision, but you want people to be outside. You want people to enjoy their space. Uh, and I think people can really, you know, appreciate that. So thank you for all of your honesty, um, in that. Now let's talk a little bit about the brand itself. You've, you've celebrated 10 years. Congratulations on that. Um, you know, you mentioned you. starting in the, in the quote unquote, you know, the other great depression, if we want to call it that way, we started our business in 2008, Scott started it right in the same thing. So I think it's been interesting. Actually, the CBJ came out with a recent book, a decade of growth. It's pretty ironic that, uh, you know, that starts to yeah. happen now. What's the future for the Orman Group? What do you, or where do you see your organization in, in five years, uh, in 10 years? Are you going to try to adapt and go into other markets? Or are you really just going to try to hone in on Charlotte and the relationships here? So that's interesting. I have, I have thought through that strategically with my internal management team and also some consultants outside uh, in the past 18 months. We, we really feel the growth opportunities in Charlotte um, are going to continue regardless of any economic condition. Um, Charlotte is a very unique place. We are a, 
a community that will always persevere and thrive. And so rather than try to, again, it's that um, ability to attract the right talent um, for the, for the five-year window, my goal is to experience um, the growth here in Charlotte. Um, the opportunities are literally endless in Charlotte. And within that answer, in the last 10 months, we have uh, pushed resources, time, effort, money into growing our design build division, which has created an immediate growth. Um, piece of what our initial relationships with these clients have been. In the past, we may not have been able to self-perform some things that they wanted. So we are um, educating, training, purchasing, um, shifting to be able to offer more things within those outdoor rooms, whether it be hardscapes, lighting, irrigation. So um, we've, we're already experiencing that growth in a short amount of time. And you're hiring right now, right? We are hiring. It's interesting that you say that. Um, we probably one of my biggest obstacles for growth is the fact that we're having a hard time um, always getting the right people we need. So you've always heard that term, you know, you sort of hire slowly and fire swiftly. We do spend a lot of time on the front end to make sure we have the right people. And you would think um, that there would be people out there that might want to do this kind of work. It's not for everybody, but I will tell you, it's interesting. Our, our management team today consists of um, four college graduates, none of which are in the horticultural field. So <laughs> um, actually five. And so uh, they come from education. They come from interior design. They come from um, theology. And so, with that baseline of leadership, we are trying to attract and train and have people on our team um, that uh, can help us grow. Now, you still need to have people that know how to do the day-to-day -day work. And so um, we are hiring. I've actually put out some recent ads um, to, uh, to that same uh, goal. Um, I will tell you, um, for the people who might be listening, um, who are looking, we we pay more than you would think. I think there's a bad stigma out there that, you know, the construction, the landscape, you know, the, those kind of trades don't pay well. We are, we do pay well. We have benefits and that sort of thing. So we are looking to bring team members on for the long haul. Uh, that brings up a good point. You see a lot of people that might have their own business. Have you acquired any smaller business that might be, you know, a, a dad and a son that started it and they have a truck and, and, and they're not necessarily, you know, growing or, or whatnot, but they have the work ethic, they're busting their ass. Have you acquired any businesses like that or would that be something you'd be interested in? We have looked at that over the years and usually what happens is um, those smaller companies, um, from an acquisition standpoint, they don't really have something of value, if that makes sense. No, yeah, um, it makes sense. Uh, 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 other other than themselves. So I have had people who have tried to make it on their own and can't handle the business aspect of a company. And that's what I mentioned to you earlier is when I said it has the lowest barrier of uh, entry. A lot of people get into it. Yep. They love what they do, but they can't grow a business. And so we have we've hired and retained people who tried it on their own and now work for us. Um, actually, one of my uh, key leaders um, 
this is a little bit different situation, had had a business in Charlotte for over 20 years and decided to sell it and move on. And he wanted to get back into the industry. And he's a, uh, somebody I've known for a long time. And he uh, approached me, you know, two or three years ago. And he is uh, one of our key leaders now, um, a former business owner who is adding huge value to my organization. So I love that. And you know, it's interesting if uh, there's another thing out there that a lot of people, uh, you know, like to pay attention to, and that's, you know, being in shape. I will tell you this. I played soccer in college. (laughs) I have never been in better shape than working landscaping for three months when we were off and then coming back into preseason. It was unbelievable because you're out there every day. You sweat like crazy. So if you want to get in shape, you want to have a good paying job, you want a place so you can grow. I got it for you right here. It's the Orman Group. So I, I don't know if you've yeah, ever used that sales point. You don't even need a gym membership. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, yeah. If you can save money at the gym and come and you know get on get on one of our trucks in July, you'll you'll lose thirty pounds by 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 lunchtime. <laughs> that is not a lie. Um, when was the last time you jumped on a uh, on a on a mower? Uh, do I have to be honest? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all it, good. Um, yeah, it's. It, it it has been a day or two. Yeah. <laughs> well, so I'm I'm really curious. I mean, you've you're you're a great leader. We could just tell just in this short conversation, you've created a, an amazing business. Um, what you know, and and that's not easy, uh, and we know that uh, because we've lived through it on on a, in a different business, but similar challenges. Right? We all face sort of same challenges in business. What gets you fired up every morning to get up and get your butt in that that seat at the office or out in the field or wherever it is, um, even when it's not such a good day? You know what I mean? Because not every day is a good day. So what what keeps you fired up, man? The relationships. I love it. I love um, meeting with new clients. Um, actually, before our uh, – our time together this morning, I left um, a client that I had years ago who, for whatever reason, transitioned and they called us back and I just spent the last hour, you know, with them rehashing their kids. And, you know, it's, I, I get, I get the joy of visiting with people and, and meeting their needs. Um, I, I told somebody years ago, uh, you know, that my passion wasn't necessarily landscape and I could be selling styrofoam cups and I'd probably love it because of the process and the people. And like you said, Scott, a few minutes ago, everybody has the same challenges. Everybody has the same um, facets of their business. You've got marketing, you've got cash flow, and you've got, you know, scheduling, and you've got collections and all these things. Management. It doesn't matter what the yeah. business is. I love the fun of running a business. Now, I'm going to be honest, and you can relate they're they're tough days and there are some of those mornings where you're kind of going you know lord give me the strength to get through this day because i don't know how i'm going to do it but when you get going you you get energized by interacting with people and solving problems and and meeting needs i love it i i had a feeling that was going to be your answer and that's a great answer I, (laughs) i think i think my answer would be the exact same i mean that's that's what that's what fires me up, man. Knowing that we've created something that's fun and energetic and, and we're taking care of families and, and uh, being a part of the community and giving back uh, and, and doing the best we can. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I, I want to kind of reiterate that. I think that's kind of a, a theme with 
with everybody that comes on our podcast is the relationship, is the community. And I've been lucky enough to be in Charlotte for 10 years. And I tell people about this city all the time and specifically my friends in Atlanta who never left the ATL bubble that it's such a unique city to be able to build relationships, to be able to make an impact. But it's also a city that's big enough that you can sit at the corporate table with some of the biggest organizations in the world that call the Queen City home, but also small enough that you can really feel like you have an ability to make an impact. You have an ability to create a business. You have the ability to give back to the community. And I feel like your organization is a great example of that. And I feel that there's a lot of organizations in Charlotte that are very similar. And if we can bring those stories to light, that's why we created this Brand Builders podcast. And we're honored to have you on, honored to tell your story. Uh, I am very interested in actually having you uh, come and check out my yard uh, would be fantastic. And I think all of the the information that you gave us was great. Uh, whether you're in the market or not to have a, you know, a professional certified landscape professional, or to, excuse me, to have a certified landscape professional, go check out their website. They have a lot of really great information and some people just like to be out in the yard. Well, check out that. Maybe you're doing something wrong. Maybe you want to give them a call. Maybe there's something with irrigation that you can't figure out. You can mow your yard. You can do all of those things, but there's a lot of ways that the Ormond Group can support you. Uh, and I really do appreciate that. You had that give back mentality. And I think that's something that a lot of organizations can learn from. So, you know, James, thank you so much uh, for, for joining us. Before we do let you go, what is the best way for our audience to uh, to get in touch with you and to get in contact with your with your group? Great. So uh, two quick ways. One, obviously jump on our website, Ormond, O-R-M-O-N-D, OrmondLandscape.com. Um, that is the quickest way. And there's a contact us tab. You can click on that and uh, send us some information. I team is sitting and ready to to interact with you we uh, love to come out and meet people um, and so my team if you uh, so desire reach out to us we'll set a time to come meet with you um, if you uh, are old school uh, we are as well 704-498-4705 and so but most people do reach us through the website ormondlandscape.com we're also on all social media platforms uh, facebook instagram twitter um, and also on LinkedIn. So that is where we typically update our garden tips and that kind of stuff. So we'd love to have you join us there on the landscape. That's awesome. Well, James, thank you so much for joining us. If you are listening, please like, share, comment, uh, get in touch with James and his team over at the Orman Group. They will take care of you. Uh, if you haven't seen their trucks, you will after listening to this episode because they are everywhere. And just check out the, the, the yards that they're parked in front of. See the work that they do, and I guarantee you it'll be a reflection of what you want your yard to be. Uh, and it's definitely something that we can make this, uh, you know, a, another maybe the best room in your home. Uh, and that's really what it's all about. So, James, thank you again for joining us on the Brand Builders Podcast. Until next week, you've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast. Thank you, James. Hey, thank y'all so much. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com. <laughs>